Welcome to the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. I'm Ethan Greenberg here in Florham Park, Cynthia Freeland on the West Coast in California. Cynthia, how are you today? You know, it's the West Coast version of Florham Park is actually Hermosa Beach. Many people don't know that, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. You know, I think they're pretty similar. I mean, I've, I've spent a little time in Florham Park, but, you know, seems the same to me. Okay, great. Well, we have another great episode on deck here. The Jets open up MetLife Stadium, their home opener against the New England Patriots. Familiar foe, 62 years between those two teams in terms of a rivalry. But before we look ahead at what's on tap for the Jets, let's actually look at week one. The Jets don't come back from Carolina with a win. They're 0-1. A better second half than a first half for the green and white. But from your perspective, Cynthia, what did you make of the game if you look at it through like a wide-angle lens? You know, I thought that the defense in terms of tackling looked great. There was a lot of pressure. I liked seeing – Jonathan Franklin Myers I really always liked, right? So I like seeing him do well. He had a nice sack. That was great. The interesting part to me was the tackling. I thought every single level of the defense – tackled really well these are fundamentals that you would expect from Robert Sala and sometimes when we see the thing we expected like it you don't you're like oh well I expected that but you got to remember like it's hard to actually get the thing you're working for when there's a lot of different injuries and things going on and changes and this weird preseason all of these things are all coming together in an odd way but it really looked great so I was glad to see that also that defense the Jets defense so young particularly at cornerback and this is kind of a I don't know the answer to this question, but I think you do like with a young team, obviously there you had numbers last week that indicated how young the jets were. They don't have a cornerback on their roster that was drafted before round five. Bryce hall is the highest drafted player in that room. Fifth round pick in 2020, but it didn't really feel like we saw the youth bite the jets against the Panthers in terms of the secondary against the Panthers wide receivers. Yeah. You know, I, I thought that I guess the, the right the way that I would ex, would would explain it if I said it was that it didn't seem like you were looking at guys who were very young and not high draft picks. It looked like you're seeing a team that hasn't really played together very often because they haven't. So the tackling was good. Like I said, the fundamentals were good. And when you get that much pressure up front, it kicks a little bit of the strain off of the back end. And by the way, the back end also helps the front. So they need to work together hand in glove going forward. And it just seems like starting with a foundation of good principles is going to be a good way to keep building going forward. Let's start with the Jets secondary. Let's move into first down here. Like I said, Jets Patriots Sunday, September 19th, MetLife Stadium. Let's start with the Jets passing defense against the Patriots passing offense. We obviously know the Patriots have a new look offense, new quarterback, Cam Newton no longer on the team, Mac Jones, the number 15 overall pick, under center from day one, which is crazy. And then they also retooled that offense in terms of skill players. So what do you expect from this matchup in particular? Well, first of all, it's kind of interesting that in 121 matchups, this is the first time between the Jets and the Patriots that the two rookies have matched up. Interesting. You would have thought it happened just because there's so many rolls of the dice there, but it hasn't. So interesting there. What you saw from Mac Jones last week was kind of what you expected. It was a continuation of how he played at Alabama. These were passes of 10 or fewer air yards. So 
shorter passes that were executed quicker. Uh, the Patriots faced uh, the blitz a ton. So obviously Brian Flores going against his old coach, he just tried to blitz, 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 and then blitz again. And it didn't really work out. They played 12 personnel a lot, which is two tight ends. And that two tight end heavier set gave Mac Jones just enough time to kind of get those quick passes off. And Mac Jones did really well in those quick passes, 24 of 29. So a high completion percentage on those. I think you'll see more of the same there. And the Jets will be ready for it. The, that's the best part of the defense, right? Where those where those 10-plus passes land and the fact that you need to get some pressure on, that's where the, G, the Jets do best. They're not, you know, Mac Jones is probably not going to be throwing it deep very often. That just wasn't, it's not what his game has you know, been yet. And he's, he's a rookie, so he's just going to be getting used to it. So, you know, when I, when I see this matchup, I think they're probably going to, you know, defer to the run a lot more. So you keep Mac Jones in those unobvious passing downs. Like you said, I just want to reiterate, this is the first time that there will be a rookie quarterback head-to-head matchup in Jets Patriots history, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. I mean, I looked at that, I was like, is that true? And then I'm like, yeah, I guess it's true. That's crazy. (laughs) I don't know if you just heard that, but my my watch decided to speak to me. And, you know, S- Siri wanted to be a part of this conversation. She is not allowed. So let's, you know, I want to focus about um, in terms of first down here. We, yes, Mac Jones had a very impressive preseason, impressive debut. What about the guys around him? I feel like Nelson Aguilar had a good game against the Dolphins. Yes, the Patriots lost by one point. It almost looked like the Patriots should have won that game. Damian Harris coughs up the rock in almost goal-to-go territory to put the Patriots ahead. Felt like Nelson Aguilar's number was called, but don't forget the two guys that were, I'd say, the premier signings in free agency, and you let me know if you agree with this, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, and we didn't really see a whole lot of them last week. I mean, you saw them where they needed to be, which was blocking. They played, you know, they like they played 12 personnel on almost 50% of their offensive snaps. That's a huge number. Last season, for some context, the Patriots played on like 2% of their offensive snaps. So, you know, they're using the tight ends, that big body. They may not have been the subject of a pass, but they were there and they were blocking. They were just basically creating like the biggest O-line ever. That's what they were doing. <laughs> okay. All right. So basically expect John o. Smith and Hunter Henry to inline block and don't be surprised if they sneak out for a little pass here and there. Yep. Is that, is that that's what you're telling me that that's, that's what I'm picking up. They'll fold it. Like, look, what I've seen from when you look at how Josh McDaniels has in the past kind of rolled out quarterbacks, quarterbacks that are profile more like Mac Jones, meaning quick passers, by the way, Mac Jones in college stood behind an awesome O-line. He had Heisman Trophy wide receivers. He had a running back that was ridiculous, like these first-rounders all around him. So, you know, he hasn't had to develop that whole, like, okay, first we pass inside the numbers, then we pass outside the numbers, (laughs) then we pass deeper outside the numbers. So I think that you'll see that slower rollout of all of the different layers of how they're going to pull his game together, but they're, they're going to do it. They're going to do it nice and slow and methodically. They're not trying to crush, you know, records with numbers right now. They're trying to make Mac Jones be good for a long time. Well, Mac Jones, to your point, one of five first round picks just on the offensive side of the ball from Alabama last year. And he played against, you know, his former receiver, Jalen Waddle, who's in the division with the dolphins enough about Mac Jones and the Patriots, passing offense how about the Patriots rushing offense and this Jets rush defense obviously Christian McCaffrey one of the premier rushers he did not eclipse the century mark in week one but Damian Harris did and Damian Harris had 23 carries for 100 yards and with a rookie quarterback you'd like to establish the ground game which the Jets did not we'll get to that but I feel like 
Do you think the Jets can expect another heavy dose of the run this Sunday at MetLife? I, I do think so. I mean, it may not be Damian Harris. We know Patriots running backs. Like if you play fantasy football at all, you're like, which running back today? <laughs> Who the heck knows? Right. So you don't, it might not be Damian Harris necessarily again, but it is going to be a strong rushing attack, mostly because think about what would make Mac Jones stay in, in less obvious passing downs. If you're going to try to execute a quick pass, you need to keep the defense off balance and they need to respect the run. It doesn't work if you're in third and 17. Like, just doesn't, right? Like, 2.5 seconds, oh, great, you're throwing behind the line of scrimmage. No one cares, right? It doesn't work. So you got to keep them in those nice, you know, uh, keep them ahead of the schedule, right? So make sure that the third and short, something like that, right? You're not getting in these terrible positions where he's having to throw for his life. So they're going to do that by run games and keeping that heavy personnel in so that they have a lot of extra space to work with. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117. You know, you mentioned fantasy football. Yes, the Patriots. It's very confusing if you play fantasy, who to start. But as the 2020 fantasy champ, like we saw your trophy last week, I saw it just a couple seconds ago. How did Cynthia Freeland fare in week one? Oh, um, I lost in week one. So I obviously play in a number of different. I lost in week one because in three of my leagues, I have Aaron Rodgers. And you, next. But I'm going to relax. We'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. Oh, that was a good one. Did, did you do that on purpose? That was a nice little uh, reference there. Yeah, Relax. Yeah, the, the reference was on purpose. I almost wore the man bun for you, but, you know, I had to you know, keep, it, <laughs> keep it a little bit less, more professional. <laughs> Maybe if Aaron Rodgers wins you the championship, then then you can do the man bun. That's right. He was, that? I think he's going to throw for like six touchdowns this week because he's playing the Lions defense. So we're good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's all about the rebound and that matchup feels like it should lean to the Packers. But That's this great. is... The Jets-Patriots preview, so enough about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, about the Patriots' offense, we talked about Damian Harris. How about the Jets' rush defense? Last year, very good unit, Quinn and Williams, and this defensive line is the strength of that group. What did you think about their performance last week, and do you think that this is a favorable matchup, especially with the uncertain status of Trent Brown? Look, I definitely think that this is a good Jets' run defense. Don't look at Christian McCaffrey's stats and be like, uh-oh, <laughs> that doesn't work like that because Christian McCaffrey is not a running back. He's a running back, but he's not a running back, right? So the rushing attack or the rushing game and not having a guy who's as dynamic. Christian McCaffrey is like a, a different animal, right? He's a wide receiver-ish, running back-ish, tight end-ish thing. It's just different. So when it comes to that, I, I think you're going to see a lot better numbers and a lot better results this week. I think you're going to see a scheme that reflects that three technique being really effective to keep the inside rushes at bay. It's just don't just like I said, just don't use the Christian McCaffrey as the indicator for anyone's run defense. Just don't. Because Christian McCaffrey, to your point, he's kind of like a, a creature that, you know, like it, it was crazy to me, Cynthia. I was in Carolina in the press box and I'm looking at the beginning of a run play and there's no crease or it doesn't seem like there's any crease. I'm like, oh, I think this will be like a two yard gain or less. And sure enough, Christian McCaffrey scoots right in the smallest crease and he gets at least four yards and you're like, okay, great. This is, this is how Christian McCaffrey, and this is why really he is such a dynamic player, but it's a good point because the number, his numbers will definitely 
make your numbers, meaning that like the Jets defense, the average will right. go down or up, whichever yes. way. Right. It's it's not like a good barometer, but the numbers are the numbers. Right. But what do you, what do the numbers say about Damian Harris though? Because I feel like he's quietly been a productive back, especially last year. I think Damian Harris is a good back. Let me be clear. I just think that this, like, I think it's like magnitude, right? Don't look at Christian McCaffrey and those numbers and say, this is who the Jets run defense is, but also don't look at Damian Harris. Like it's somewhere, it's going to be somewhere in between because Damian Harris still is a very good back. There's, you know, nothing to say that he's not. It's their scheme also reflects the ability to really nicely block both inside and outside rushes. Their offensive line has, you know, in one game obviously showed that, but Damian Harris also has some flaws. I mean, you saw the, you know, the, there are some fumbling things that that happened. There's some, you know, not so great. So he's not, he's not unbeat. He's not Christian McCaffrey, if that makes sense. Right. But he's, he's very good, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. Of course. I feel like nobody's Christian McCaffrey. The Jets might've seen the best running back that they'll see all season in week one, rip the bandaid off. Why don't you? So that's Get over we're, with. We're, at, we're at halftime now, right? We got the first two downs underway. You, we, I think, you know, we made some halftime adjustments. Now we're moving on to the Jets, specifically the Jets rushing attack, which was the weak link of their offense last week. They had 45 total rushing yards, not a good number, but you know that the Jets are going to try and establish the run in this system, this Michael Four system. So one, what do the Jets need to do? And two, what do you like or dislike about this Patriots defensive line that you think the Jets might be able to take advantage of? I think that what needs to happen is some stability along the O-line will help create the rushing attack. Obviously, Makai Becton not being there will be a big impact in both the pass and the rush. But creating the right sets of shifts, motions, and pre-snap things, let's call it that, that we saw Mike LaFleur do to create off-balances and mismatches between the defense and the run game specifically. You know, think about it. When I think about, when I shut my eyes and I think about the 49ers last season, you think about like when they have like the whole line shift to the right and then they run to the outside right, right? Or something like that, right? You, you think of kind of a, a very smart scheme driven way to create more rushing yards. I think we're going to see the increase folding in of that. I think we're going to see a lot of designed, you know, kind of misdirections that leverage either a short pass or, you know, moving shifts, shifts in motions. Well, with the Jets running backs, they they're going by committee. Tevin Coleman got the most yards, although it wasn't a ton. Ty Johnson took the most snaps. Michael Carter took a couple. The Jets did not play LaMichael P. Ryan or Josh Adams. They have five running backs on the roster right now. And this Patriots defense historically over the past 20 years has been sound technical. They've been pretty good at tackling, at least so it seems do the numbers back that up on your end. They do. Um, look, they're actually, they, they forecast to be better in passing situations. They have not a lot of nice pass rushers. I think you're going to see Matthew Judon this year, just overall take a big step forward. He was, he used to be a, he used to be a Raven. Now he's a Patriot. Josh Uche even had a nice showing with, from Michigan. So, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting front. I do think that like every Patriots front, they're not like perfect, right? There's ways that you can get past them. They play multiple fronts a lot. So they don't line up with the same sort of dynamic and, and, and the same people everywhere. And if there's a guy who knows 
and understands this philosophy, it's your head coach. It's Robert Sala. It's the Jets head coach. So he's going to be able to understand and pick apart like the theory to find those shorter yards. Because, you know, I it's funny we talk about like, rushing yards is the run game. But like short passes are also the run game, right? Like, you know, they're not necessarily running, but they 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 basically they operate as if it's a run. So, you know, it's going to be things like that. And like I said, shifts, motions, finding little holes and, and seams in when they trade up that front and they use the multiple defensive front like too much to, to just get it going because it's all about rhythm. If they can get into rhythm, then that's how you create mismatches for this Patriots front. Cynthia, I'm just curious. What made you say that about Salah, that if anybody knows about this Belichickian defense, it's Salah and how to beat it? Because the way that Robert Sala has crafted in the past has crafted defensive fronts is actually not dissimilar from Bill Belichick. It's very like the finding, exploiting mismatches, finding areas to just, you know, oh, this right guard is not doing well. Okay, I'm going to put my best banger in there, right? Like figuring out these mismatches and explaining it well enough to his guys so that they can move around. They don't have to be kind of stagnant and only in one spot, right? You see people move around like little chess pieces and they all understand that's something that you've seen in a Bill Belichick defensive front. That's something you've seen in a Robert Sala front. And that's something that this team is actually able to do given their personnel. What's your take on this Jets running backs room? Each, each guy offers a little bit of a different flavor. And Tevin Coleman definitely has the most experience dating all the way back with the Falcons. Tevin Coleman was actually part of the Super Bowl losing teams with Mike LaFleur in both Atlanta and San Francisco. But Ty Johnson had a really nice preseason and training camp. Feels like he's he's destined to have a better year than last year, almost like this system fits him very well. And then, of course, Michael Carter, the rookie, is somebody that the Jets really covet also. I like like the idea of like a sauce, right? You know, you're making a sauce like, oh, it needs a little more of this. It needs a little more of this. It needs a little... <laughs> they haven't found the right like combination for the sauce yet, right? Like, I think you're right. They they do fill different needs and they fulfill different kind of objectives. And I and Tevin Coleman is clearly part of his value is something we'll never be able to sort of calculate because it's his ability to teach the other guys, given that he's very familiar with the system and understands what the the objectives are. So to me, it's like, well, how are you put this sauce together with a little more of this and they'll figure out the right blend. You just, it, it takes a minute. And by the way, I think the Panthers defense is low key better than people thought, right? Like I don't think people thought the Panthers, they're very young that you didn't know what to expect from them. They're better than people thought. So you're, it's not like you're going up against like, a very easy defense and didn't get the run game going. This was very tricky. There's a rookie quarterback who's figuring out his way. The play call has to reflect the fact that there's a lot of new stuff being thrown at them. And this is what happens. So they'll get the sauce, right? Just a little bit of this, like a little more of oregano, you know, whatever they need. Jets football is back. This is where we start. This is where we put it all together, man. With a very important home opener. I know the fans are going to bring it, so we got to bring it as well. We got to find each other. Wow, we got to find what motivates each other. Heard a lot about these fans, so I can't wait to see more. Oregano. I'm a big like oregano, oregano fan, so yeah, I like oregano. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said oregano. Out of all the spices, oregano is good. So we're, the Jets still finding the right sauce, for sure. Um in terms of the rushing offense. Now let's move to the fourth quarter. We've saved Zach Wilson, you know, save the best for last, you know, however you want to coin it. Definitely. Like we're hooking people in with Mac Jones at the beginning, Zach Wilson at the end. We poetic. said it was the first really time poetic. It, you did a good job. Poetic. Thank you. Thank you. I, I try, you know, uh, it, it was, it was scripted. Luckily uh, being in a, 
in broadcast a little bit. You can script certain things. This is something that we took the liberty to script. So with that being said, Zach Wilson, Taylor, two halves. First half, not great, but also you have to take into account that he was sacked a total of six times, hit 10 times. The second half, you really started to see why he was drafted number two overall. And I thought, and I'm curious your take, Cynthia, you really started to see him. Uh, I thought he was better than an average rookie would have been in that situation in the second half. Yeah, one metric really supports that just overall was his ability. Like, if you look at air yards per attempt. So he's throwing these deeper passes. I told you before, like, some people need to roll out, like, you know, between the numbers passes, then outside, then outside deep. Well, Zach Wilson kind of shortcutted that, mostly because of his profile from what his resume showed from college. So his ability to connect in the deep pass, especially with Corey Davis, who, by the way, he got open at a really nice high rate. That was really interesting. So the 7.1 air yards per attempt means they were trusting him with these deep passes and he was connecting for them. And that's why you saw the Corey Davis touchdowns. It was, it was very interesting to see because he didn't seem like, I mean, after being sacked six times, it doesn't happen very often in a game. You don't often see someone like, okay, let's like gun it, right? Like you get scared, you get, you know, I, I don't want to say scared, but you know, whatever you get spooked. Right. And then what happens is you, you try to figure out how to make it happen and you push and you put, and he didn't do any of that. He was calm, poised, connected with Corey Davis and was like, all right, no, on to the next one. You know what I really liked about Zach Wilson's performance, kind of what you said, he didn't try to play hero ball, but he also tried to push the ball downfield. And you saw a one play sticks out in particular to me. It was the Denzel Mims 40 yard reception. Zach Wilson drops back. He's, he roll, uh, he doesn't roll out, but he steps up in the pocket and kind of, he kind of jumped a little bit and flung it 40 yards right on the money in a tight window. And he took a hit and that kind of shows you like a little bit of everything. And that play then put the jets in, in scoring position for that second touchdown. And then obviously the rest is history there, but this Patriots pass defense, Cynthia, historically, again, have given bill Belichick has a very good record against rookie quarterbacks. And you know that they're going to try to take away Corey Davis as much as they possibly can. So what do you expect from the Patriots defense, their passing defense this Sunday? You know, I expect them to look like the Patriots pass defense, meaning, I mean, Stephon Gilmore's not there, so that's good because he's really good. But at the end of the day, they're going to do a lot of man. They play a lot of man coverage. They're going to make looks that are tricky. Part of the reason why Bill Belichick's so really, like, really, really good against rookie quarterbacks is the trick of the look ahead of the snap, right? It looks like zone, but it's really man. It looks like man, but it's really zone. It's very tricky because these quarterbacks don't have experience seeing something like that, and then that gets them off kilter, and then they're throwing for – like crazy th that it just puts them in a bad situation. So I think that what we see is we see more of that, but the good news is, is hopefully increased health in the wide receiving core and also like some diversity of targets, meaning you saw Denzel Mims, he caught a 40 yard pass. Like maybe there'll be more folding in of other players. And by the way, you have to know the number on the last one, 7.1 air yards per attempt. Five is good for most rookie quarterbacks. Seven is excellent. So just so you know, I think, They'll leverage the deep pass. And I think, you know, I think Bill Belichick will dare them to throw the deep pass. And I kind of think that's like a dare that Zach Wilson's up for, right? Like, take the deep pass, see what happens, kid. And then he'll be like, oh, here we go. See you later. Like, I think, <laughs> I think that's, a, that's a good dare for him. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that, that's a great segue because it leads me to my next question is how do you counteract what you would anticipate 
the Patriots to throw at you. And again, I'm just thinking about the past couple of years where the Patriots crowd the box. You don't know who's blitzing. You don't know who's dropping. And then sometimes it's just an all out blitz. So what do you expect the Jets to do in terms of handling that, especially given their performance as a unit up front last week? Look, I thought what happened from first quarter to se- to sec- sorry first half to second half was really good. Meaning they made adjustments, they explained it to Zach Wilson in a way that resonated with him. And I say that because he connected for the passes in the second half and it looked better. So I think growth and being flexible. And I think that the idea of okay, if this isn't working, we're not going to just like keep doing it, which sounds like something that would be you know common people would do. But by the way, a lot of people don't do that. I track every football game. I can tell you, people keep doing things that don't work a lot. So it was encouraging to see that that's not what was happening here. They'll, they, I would imagine they have a lot of different scenarios. Okay. If it starts to look like this, let's just keep Zach really efficient. Let's just find ways to get the, it's all about rhythm. Like, I think they're just going to stay in rhythm. They're going to, if it doesn't work, they'll, you know, try something else. That's clearly what happened with the run game last week. So they'll figure out the sauce, you know, that's, they'll just keep trying different stuff and being flexible and explaining it to a way that resonates with Zach Wilson will be the key here. So if the Patriots, I just want to play hypothetical. If the Patriots focus their attention on Corey Davis, which you would imagine they would, they know, or I would imagine they know that Zach Wilson's favorite target so far has been Corey Davis. Right now, Keelan Cole looks like he'll be back. Jamison Crowder expected to be back as well. So the health of the receiving core will definitely be in a better spot than it was against the Panthers. You factor that in with Elijah Moore, who didn't have a reception or he had one that got called back because of a penalty on a misalignment. What do you expect from this Jets receiving core and how much can those three guys, meaning more Crowder and Cole, do to help Zach Wilson in the passing offense? I think Jamison Crowder, like, we need to put some more respect on his name. He did a really nice job last season, and I think that continues in this season as well. I think the interesting part here is big plays are kind of these game-breaking plays. That's going to be a way that a team that with a rookie quarterback that – you know, has some injuries that they're dealing with and a secondary that that's very young. How do you kind of counteract that? Well, you try some, you take some deep shots and you have some fun with it. And I think that that's what we see. And I think those other Keelan Cole, very like, these are good receivers and you kind of don't think about them because they've been injured or not around or whatever, but that's good because you know, who else maybe could not know how they're going to be used would be the Patriots defense. So Hmm. potentially that like sneak big play effect could be a one one way that the that the Jets could have some success. WinBet is now live in New Jersey, and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports, from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $500 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. WinBet, an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one 800 270 the one thing that I want to say about the Patriots secondary, when you look at guys like Devin McCourty, Jonathan Jones, JC Jackson, they all have very good ball skills and they're all very, uh, they're all very good at turning the ball over. Like the Jonathan Jones interception from this past week, if you have not seen it and you're listening or watching this, go watch it because the ball was tipped and then it was tipped again and he managed to keep two feet in bounds right on the sideline. So the Jets have their work cut out for them, right? The Patriots yep. For a long time, have been the king of the AFC East. Last year, it was the Buffalo Bills. But Bill Belichick is still there, still very smart coach, obviously. And I just want to 
wrap up with this. This is that was the four downs, right? This is bonus content coming at you here on the game preview podcast. So, Cynthia, give us like a player to watch, whether that's a Jet, whether that's a Patriot, somebody. I, you just said it. Jamison Crowder, you feel like deserves a little more respect. Who's somebody that we didn't talk about enough or you don't feel like is getting enough attention that could be a big factor in Sunday's game? We went through this entire show and we did not talk about Marcus May. What? Like, we need to talk about him because he makes a big difference even if you don't see it in every single play. So this one in this game, telling guys, directing traffic, making those tackles, saving those big plays from happen. That's who I'm watching in this one. Maybe that's not uh, under the radar enough, but we went through this whole show and didn't bring up his name. So I don't know. I feel like it's fair game. I think that counts. Uh, that definitely counts. Marcus May, the longest tenured player on the Jets, along with Thomas Hennessy, the team's long snapper. And that safety spot, Cynthia, it was LaMarcus Joyner, and now out for the year with a triceps tendon that he tore against the Panthers. And then Sunday, it was Sheldrick Redwine after Joyner, and then it was Adrian Colbert. The Jets signed Jared Wilson to the active roster. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts next to Marcus May, and May has been the staple in the back end of the secondary for the Jets for a long time. Now that you mentioned May, I'm going to ask a follow-up here because now I feel like we did him a disservice. He was the Curtis Martin team MVP last year. You said you might not really see his presence on game day, but it, it feels like Marcus May is one of those guys where he's kind of an eraser, where he just erases some problems. Are there any numbers that stand out to you, whether it be last year or even from week one that support that? So what I do is I track someone's off-ball metric, meaning how are they, like, are they blanketing? Are they bracketing? What's happening when, like, the target doesn't go into their coverage? Because that tells you a lot about, like, if I'm a smart quarterback, I'm not throwing anywhere near Marcus May. I'm just not doing it, right? So ultimately, what what am I doing? And then, by the way, there's also, like, on a run play, like, who's getting that second tackle to actually bring the ball carrier down? Off-ball metric is not when you're targeted. It's just what you're doing on side, uh, you know, outside of that. And I don't think I've seen a game. I I could go back and look, but I haven't seen a game like in the past last season at all, and certainly not this past week, where he's been like worse than safety number eight in this metric. So it's a very important off-ball metric because he doesn't let the bad things happen. Everything he control, he's stopping. I don't know. Are we speaking a market May interception into existence here? Is that what we're doing? Don't throw at you. I mean, look, if there's someone who could throw an interception into Marcus May's coverage, it would be where Mac Jones throws balls, right? Think about it. All right. So I'm, I'm let's have you know, it. My, I love it. Yeah. I okay. My, my fingers are crossed here that Marcus May, that we just spoken into existence, not only for the success of the team and Marcus May, but also because that would be cool if we spoken into existence. So I just want to put for that sure. out there. And that is the perfect way to end the game preview podcast presented by WinBet. Remember, betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Cynthia, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week after the Jets open up MetLife Stadium for the first time since 2019 in the regular season.